This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Trump's team going on the offense, and I think it's a really smart move. I think it should have happened, quite frankly, from day one, as soon as that raid took place on his home in Mar-a-Lago, on Mar-a-Lago property there, Mar-a-Lago raid, as we know, which has now been a little bit of time. But since that raid, we've already seen that We haven't seen the affidavit. We don't know what was the justification for the raid. We've just seen a couple little documents that hint at a variety of things, but don't really give any substance and certainly haven't shown us the justification for the raid. So now President Trump, via his attorneys, are filing a motion. And I say bravo because every citizen deserves fairness. And especially if you're the president of the United States, the former president and potential future presidential candidate. And as we know, when that raid took place, suddenly it was in, you know, in the morning, 30 FBI agents come there. And so far, we haven't really gotten anything other than like a wink, wink and a nod, nod from the attorney general of the United States, Garland, basically saying, believe us, trust us. Meanwhile, we have seen the history of some FBI agents, I say some because the FBI is still an incredibly great agency, but we've already seen that some of them have been politicized in the past. And the fact that we're finding out that now the same agents essentially that were part of the Russia collusion hoax investigation are the very same ones that are now part of reviewing the raid materials and getting the raid materials to DOJ and all. Oh, this is crazy. I mean, to me, there is clearly a conflict right here. And you can't have also this judge. I was waiting actually for the Trump team to see if they might even do a filing trying to see if this judge could get removed from the case. Maybe that's coming soon because this judge, Bruce Reinhardt, recused himself on an earlier case that had to do with President Trump and Hillary Clinton. He also has made disparaging comments about President Trump in the past. So why would you have this judge still the person who's supposed to be overseeing this case? And he's the guy that this Thursday will be deciding what will be released, if anything, to the public and to the president, of course, and everybody else regarding the warrant. And regarding full-fledged, the affidavit, which is the basis for the warrant. Who knows? Maybe we're just going to get a document that's all blacked out and the words A and the and and maybe are the only ones you're going to see after all the redactions by the DOJ. Or maybe this judge, Bruce Reinhardt, will say, you know what? 
maybe a little bit more needs to be showing or maybe at least a few paragraphs or something here. Let's see, because the public interest is so intense. And the president, I believe, because it is the former president of the United States, he should have fair rights. And because it is such an extraordinary, historic moment, raiding the former president's home, And with a sweeping, broad search warrant, well, guess what? Because of all of these factors, I think, personally, they absolutely should release at least a decent amount of the affidavit. I understand you don't want to compromise sources. You don't want to compromise particular informants, maybe some methods and tactics. But when they came out and said that they're in the, quote, early phase of the investigation of President Trump— and that you would go after the former president of the United States on, quote, an early phase investigation. That sounds to me a lot like a fishing expedition or at least parts of it. And because of that, I think he needs to release at least a decent amount of the affidavit. In all fairness, because this is such American interest, such an American interest and the right to know, the public's right to know when you're dealing with the president of the United States, a former one. And you've got his rival in the White House right now, who seems to have Trumpitis at every single turn. It's ultra MAGA, ultra MAGA this, ultra MAGA that. And they're trying to, oh, we have nothing to do with this. Well, coming up, by the way, in about 10 minutes here on the show, uh, we are going to be talking more about this, of course. But we're also going to be talking with John Solomon, great investigative journalist from Just the News, and he has a bombshell report that just came out a few minutes ago, basically showing that what the Biden administration did paved the way for this raid. Now, remember, the Biden administration has consistently said they had nothing to do with the raid, didn't know anything about it, had no influence on any of these things, not just the raid, but the investigation into Trump. And now John Solomon is going to blow the lid on that. He has a document uh, that he says clearly shows that they made decisions that allowed the FBI to basically conduct the raid. In other words, if they had not waived executive privilege and a whole bunch of other things, the FBI would have had to take President Trump to court, kind of do a normal course of action, which is what's typical with National Archives. And yet John Solomon has information that basically shows that President Trump basically was thrown under the bus by President Biden and his legal team. And that goes all the way back to like April, May. We're not talking like a few days before the raid. So in other words, for the White House now, the Biden White House, to say they didn't know anything about it, it sounds like a bunch of hogwash based on John's reporting. First off, here is Alina Haba, and she is President Trump's attorney. And this is her reaction after word came that they are filing now to get, quote, a special master, and that is basically an independent person, independent party, to basically try to oversee the sorting of documents. Because we know when they went in and they raided Mar-a-Lago, when the FBI went in, they basically took everything. They took three passports from President Trump. They had to return them. And they took a whole bunch of documents that, according to President Trump, are attorney-client privilege. And so he's saying, why should I trust the FBI that went in and did this and the DOJ that allowed this and and caused this to happen? How can we trust that they're not going to be looking at these documents? I, I totally understand that. I would be skeptical, too. My goodness. And so now they're saying there should be an independent party 
that literally looks at all the documents and decides what DOJ can see that fits under their umbrella, anything that's, quote, executive privilege or attorney-client privilege, those things should be hands-off and returned to President Trump immediately. Makes a lot of sense, but how can you trust that the DOJ is doing that if you don't bring in somebody independent? So this is what Alina Haba, Trump's attorney, had to say about that. So what this calls for is what needs to be done. We need an impartial, that means not Republican, not Democrat, impartial special master to go in there, take a look at what they seized, give back to the former president what is rightfully his, things that are clearly declassified, things that are also uh, privilege, attorney-client privilege from when he was in the White House, things that he should never have been seized, the passports. <laughs> we shouldn't have found that out after the fact. Yeah, what else do they have? You know, what else do they have that they clearly should not have? And now we're hearing reports that the January 6th committee is trying to subpoena these documents that everybody under the sun who's doing any sort of investigation of President Trump. And, you know, there's a lot of them out there. They're all trying to subpoena the documents. And this is what Alina Haba has to say a little bit further of why she says it doesn't look good for the FBI. They were basically saying we're going to set it up, in my opinion, They were going to set it up to look like he was hiding it, not thinking that the the former president or his legal team would actually say, hey, whoa, 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 what are you talking about? We let you in. We let you in in February. We let you in in January. You told us we were good, and then you didn't communicate with us for months, and then you send in two dozen FBI agents? Yeah, they sure sound like they were cooperating, and then you do this raid. Well, now John Solomon, who's coming up in just a few minutes, says... He has some idea of what's behind all of this. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to line three. Larry, your thoughts about all of this? Yeah, I just want to point out what you said. It's the same FBI team that uh, <clears throat> that was involved with the Russian hoax. You know, this has this has the continuation of the Russian hoax all over it. You know, the, one of the Achilles heel of criminals like Hillary Clinton is they hate to lose. When Mueller, in his investigation, came up with zilch, that to her was a loss. It conveyed to her that her scheme failed. So what, what do criminals do? They cannot take failure they, because they have to look over their shoulder. So they pick up where they left off. And Trump said at the beginning that the Russia, the leaks about nuclear material were a hoax. He picked up on it right away. It's a continuation of the Russia collusion. They want to make him seem like he's some kind of crazed, out-of-control person who is in cahoots with Russia, you know, somehow. And and the fact that they leaked about nuclear material is a continuation on that scene. It makes perfect sense. Well, you know, Larry, your point, too, about the leaking That, I think, is really a big justification, I think, uh, to go before this judge. And, of course, right now uh, the Trump team is not a party to the releasing of the information because basically the media is doing their work for them because the media is, you know, filing is the party on the suit saying we want it out there. If I'm, you know, if I'm the media um, and the media attorney, I would say in that case, um, guess what? They're leaking like a sieve because, look, here's a report to Newsweek. Here's a report to New York Times. Here's a report to X and X and X, like uh, the nuclear materials and all that other stuff. Um, 
they're leaking like a sieve. So how can they do that privately and yet publicly they won't put out the affidavit? I'd say that you can't have it both ways, DOJ. I think that's a compelling case, don't you think, Claire? You know what? I think you should have been one of his attorneys. You, you, you're actually absolutely brilliant. As for a non-attorney, you're incredibly – you know something? You're 100% right. If there were leaks and calculated leaks, that means the whole thing should be revealed. No redaction crap. It's, the whole thing should be revealed as it is because of the leaks. Yeah, exactly. You've already broken any policy that you had of keeping it private. You've already crossed the line. So how can you justify now not putting it out? You can't selectively leak little parts and nuggets and drip, drip, drip and uh, expect the rest of it to stay sealed. Uh, I think it's a powerful case. Thank you, Larry. Uh, You just gave me a law degree. I love that. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Larry. Let's go to Teddy. Uh, Line two. Ted, your thoughts. Uh, Good evening, Rita. Uh, Rita, like I said, I disagree with you 95% of the time, and I'm going to disagree with you this time. At least, I, by the way, Teddy, at least that's fairly consistent. So go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, but I'd like to ask you something just prior to me answering this particular question. I know that you will, you say to me sometimes that when I criticize callers, I'm being disingenuous. But you never say anything when the callers criticize me and you... Oh, no, I've actually, Ted, 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 you can't be those so uh, thin skinned. I actually have defended you and Stan and others who've called in and been, you know, because because I want everybody to be treated respectfully and speak at a respectful tone. And and I think that everybody should be heard. So I'm happy to defend you. And I have a number of times, by the way, Ted. And, you know, so don't take it personal if a caller, you know, says something because you really blast the callers, too, Ted. You can't have it both ways. Go ahead. Absolutely right. I agree with you. Okay. And uh, I'll give you the credit for that. Uh, getting back to uh, the re- releasing of the uh, information, I, I, it's not – he's not incumbent upon uh, – because of the, the public wants to see what's there. This has to do with national security. And, Rita, I've heard many times – I've been reading a lot of what – People are saying that are more knowledgeable than the average person, including you and myself. Rita, he has no right to release and take sensitive national security information. He can't just declassify anything. Then what what good is the National Archives? He can't just do that. No president can, Rita. Okay, well, two things. Hang on, Ted. First off... Um, according to various constitutional experts, some of the best in the business, and I'm not sure who you're listening to, but they are, uh, I'd say, 80, 90 percent believe that he actually can, that the way it was passed back by George W. Bush and others basically said that a president can. There's different policies of how they can do it. And did they alert somebody else to it? Some people say he doesn't even have to alert somebody else, that it was sort of a blanket policy that if something was taken from the residence and handed to him, then at that moment it is declassified according to people close to President Trump. So there's different ways. So that's actually up for debate, and that's from some of the top constitutional experts out there. So we have to see that. Is there proof that some of these were declassified? Second of all, we don't even know what the national security documents are. We just know that from leaks. Um, And you are right, by the way, Ted, that a judge does not have to release any of it. Where I say it's different, and in a normal case he probably does not, 
but in two things here. One is the fact uh, that it is the president of the United States, the former president of the United States, and this is unprecedented that there actually was a raid of his home. So there is a high public interest uh, level. That doesn't mean he has to release it, but that does kind of come into play here, and that is the reality. Um, the other is that he, there have been leaks, as you just heard me say, Ted. How can this DOJ say nothing should come out when they are clearly leaking? Either they or FBI are leaking because they seem to be leaking drips and drips and drips and pieces of it out there. And a lot of people are quoting even authorities like, you know, coming from, D, you know, government officials telling us blank. Um, so you can't really kind of have it both ways, Ted. I'm not saying you. I'm saying DOJ. If they're leaking, well, then they can't say, well, the document needs to stay sealed. So there's this makes it a little different. Go ahead, Ted. I'll, I'll get you to respond. But that's the only reason this is sort of such an exceptional case. You bring up an excellent point. It's up in the air as far as what can be released. Why would something of this importance, why would something like that be up in the air in the White House on whether or not a president any president, Republican or Democrat, can declassify or take anything he he or she might want to bring to their own. Uh, no, that that that's a fair point, but it really depends on what it is. You know, I mean, it really depends. What national security could be a whole swath of things, or it could be something that was national security and now isn't at the time. Um, so again, we don't know because we haven't seen. The actual affidavit. So we don't know. Maybe we're going to read and go, oh, that's not really that big of a deal. Or maybe we're going to read and go, oh, my gosh, that's huge. Um, so that's why I think we deserve to know. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And I love hearing from Teddy and all of you. After the break, John Solomon. The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. This is Rita Cosby, a very powerful report coming from our guest now saying that the Biden White House did indeed facilitate DOJ's criminal probe against President Trump, contrary to what the White House has been saying all along. And joining us now is the founder of Just the News, the great investigative journalist, John Solomon. Um, John, uh, this is a blockbuster, this report of yours. Tell us again what you discovered, because it definitely conflicts with what the Biden White House has been saying. They've been pretending like they don't know anything about the raid or the investigation of President Trump. Yeah, that's right. I mean, when the raid occurred, uh, they said that they, uh, they, they weren't in the loop. They didn't know about it. But it turns out months before uh, the raid occurred, at the beginning, the instigation point, the ignition point, of the criminal investigation of Donald Trump's handling of presidential records and classified materials. The White House was directly involved with the Justice Department, the FBI, in doing multiple things. First, they gave permission for the National Archives to give Donald Trump's collected materials, the materials that Donald Trump himself sent back in February, to the uh, the FBI and the Justice Department as part of a criminal investigation. 
then they, um, as the Justice Department was ramping up and getting close to starting a grand jury investigation, which started in mid-May, the uh, president, uh, through his uh, counsel's office, the White House counsel's office, President Biden, gave permission to tell the archives, you can waive President Trump's claims of executive privilege. That short-circuited the FBI and the Justice Department having to go to court and, and try to pierce the privilege that Donald Trump might claim. Instead, Joe Biden just eviscerated the privilege and said, you can have at the documents. And then within a couple of days of that decision being made, a grand jury was convened. Within a few weeks of that, a grand jury subpoena was served upon the president of the United States. And within a couple of months of that, a search warrant was searched. Joe Biden and his White House counsel's office and his White House are directly involved at the ignition point of this criminal investigation. Now, that is fascinating on so many levels, John Solomon. Um, and what I'm going to do is, if it's okay with you, John, I'm going to hold you over. We've got uh, we've got a break here, and I want to get – I have so many questions for you because I know our listeners are curious as to sort of how Biden could waive that privilege. Um, and also, uh, this certainly opens the door because this White House has contended uh, that they knew – Nothing that they had nothing to do that. Boy, this just kind of came out of the clear blue sky. And I don't think anybody in America believed that, including President Biden. Um, But we're going to talk about that after the break. More with the great investigative journalist John Solomon connecting the dots to the Biden White House leading to the raid against President Trump. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it? <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Rita Cosby is on. And in tonight's Back the Blue, a sad story coming out of Oklahoma County, Oklahoma, where a deputy has died and another was injured after a suspect opened fire Monday afternoon in an Oklahoma City neighborhood. Officers then took the suspect into custody. Shortly after 1.15 p.m., three deputies were serving an eviction notice at a home. And during the interaction, the suspect suddenly opened fire, hitting two deputies. At least one deputy returned fire. But the suspect then left the scene in a pickup truck towing a boat. Oklahoma City police said that officers found the vehicle a short time later. They engaged in a pursuit that continued on to Interstate 35 and then Interstate 40. Authorities said that the suspect and officers exchanged gunfire during the pursuit, which ultimately ended up at the main gate of Tinker Air Force Base. Uh, So sad to hear about this deputy who died and another one who is recovering at this hour at a hospital. And, of course, our thoughts and prayers are always with the men and women in blue because, boy, is their job so difficult. Well, we are talking about President Trump and now in the last few hours his team filing for an independent master, basically called a special master. It's an independent person um, to be able to review the documents that were taken 
out of Mar-a-Lago because they say we can't really trust that an independent party is looking at it. They went in and they took everything, including the passports and who knows what else. And right now, President Trump says it looks like there is bias, clearly. And I think a lot of people feel that way. So now this comes on the heels of a blockbuster report by our guest who we're going to continue with now, John Solomon, the great investigative journalist who uncovered some documents that show that the Biden White House basically paved the way for this investigation and raid of President Trump. Uh, And not just by general sweeping actions, but by actions directly related to President Trump. Uh, And we continue now with the great investigative journalist, John Solomon. John, thanks for staying with us. Um, I want to ask you, you reported that there are, first off, a couple different things. One is that um, that President Biden, according to documents you have, basically waived executive privilege of what the National Archives documents, in other words, saying you guys can take a look at it. Uh, Trump can't keep it to himself, claiming executive privilege because they were in their possession at that moment. Right. Is that what you're saying? So, in other words, at that time, it would, would have been Biden's possession. Correct. Yeah, the argument is that the current president, this is the argument that the the um, Biden White House made in these documents that I've made public and put put into the story today, that um, that the current president has the right to waive the executive privilege of a past president, even though the advice was given to that prior president and the privilege existed when he was in office. Biden believes he can waive Trump's privilege or, for that matter, Obama's privilege or, or anyone before him. And I think that that is an open issue. I talked to Alan Dershowitz tonight. He said, listen, this is really an unresolved question in the law. There are some hints of uh, one way or the other in some of the Watergate rulings, but it wasn't resolved. And there are some lower level court rulings, but they haven't really gotten to the Supreme Court on this issue. And so the fact that Biden did it so easily, rather than let the Justice Department go to court and fight its own battle, I think has a lot of people concerned tonight. Now that they've seen these memos and they've been able to read the language in them, uh, it's clear now that Biden short circuited the process for the FBI, made it easier for the FBI to go after the man he defeated in the 2020 election and many expect will be facing again in the 2024 election. You know what's stunning? Um, Based on that reporting, John, that means that any current president could go back at some other documents and say, oh, well, uh, what Woodrow Wilson made, uh, you know, uh, made executive privilege is now uh, not executive privilege. I mean, if that's the case, just think about what kind of a can of worms that almost seems inconceivable. Well, think about Democrats one day. Joe Biden's not going to be in office forever. The next Republican president could potentially unseal all of the documents of Joe Biden dealing with his son in Ukraine back when he was vice president in 2013 and 14, when the scandal that we became known as Burisma was there. This opens a Pandora's box, and it's exactly why people like Alan Dershowitz and other lawyers are raising concerns that this is what may have been a hasty decision that has a boomerang effect on on future and past presidents. And so uh, the fact that the Biden White House got so deeply involved at the beginning of the origins of this case, I think, is the new fact that we're all going to have to absorb. Do we really want to live in a country where the current president gets to launch the investigation against the former president uh, using the resources of the Justice Department and waiving the potential legal defenses? And I know how Democrats answered this, because in 2019, when President Trump suggested to Ukraine they investigate Hunter Biden's um, uh, conduct. Remember what was said about the sitting president then. Democrats impeached him, saying this was an abuse of power to even think about investigating 
uh, uh, the presidential candidate who would, would be challenging him in 2020. So Democrats took the opposite side of this debate just a few short years ago. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. It was like, wait a minute, how could he be even considering that? And yet what you're saying is explosive. Also, John Tellman, your new information, and I want to have you repeat it again because I thought this other aspect was so powerful that they basically gave those National Archive documents to the FBI, right, which they were supposed to – the yeah. Trump team was giving it back um, in good faith, it sounds like, from all accounts, what we've heard from the Trump team and other reports, basically giving it back to the F, you know, to the National Archives. Here, you guys can have them, you know. And then, then suddenly uh, Biden basically said, no, 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 we're going to give them actually to the FBI instead. That certainly sounds like uh, trying to jumpstart a criminal investigation. Yeah, and the, and the FBI makes the request of the White House. It's very interesting to see. We, we saw this sort of uh, Democrats with the FBI, with the media, and the Democrats in Congress all colluding together during the Russia case. And now you see it again. You see a National Archives, some bureaucrats at the National Archives, some bureaucrats at the Justice Department working together with the Democratic White House and the White House Counsel for Joe Biden trying to uh, start a criminal investigation. At the beginning, when the the National Archives got these 15 boxes of records back in February of uh, 2022, it was clear to the Trump people they thought they were dealing with administrative oversight. Little did they know that on the other side of the fence, they were thinking criminal, nearly out of the bat, way before we had any sense that this was a criminal investigation. The Biden White House, the Justice Department, the FBI, the National Archives, we're thinking this was going criminal. And I think that's going to shock people when they see the timeline. We added into it. And the grand jury investigation begins two days after the National Archives informs President Trump's lawyers that they have waived his privilege. So that opened the door for the grand jury investigation to get off to a running start. Uh, and Joe Biden's and his team are right in the middle of that entire dynamic. Wow. So two days after, that's when it starts. That is really stunning. And for them to act like they don't know anything. Uh, What's your reaction to the fact that the Biden White House continues to say, oh, we had no idea of this investigation. We had no idea of the raid. We like, you know, Sergeant Schultz, I know nothing kind of thing. What's what's your reaction? Well, listen, they they portrayed this as having followed the book, right? We did this the right way. We don't do it the way Donald Trump does it. Now, all of a sudden, the very same illusion, the very same allegations that dog Donald Trump on Ukraine are now going to be facing the Biden administration. They were trying to get the FBI to investigate their rival. They took away their rival's best legal defense, executive privilege, not even allow them to fight it out in the courts. Um, I think it's those sort of um, moments that people are going to begin to absorb tonight. And there's a lot more facts to be had. We're at the beginning stage of understanding what really went on here. But it wasn't the nice little neat story that Merrick Garland gave us. It's not the nice little neat story that the White House press secretary gave us. This is a much more complicated story of the Biden White House being at the ignition point of this investigation and facilitating it and in, in doing something that at least some legal experts think is questionable, waiving the executive privilege of a former president. And by the way, don't you think the Trump team should use that? I mean, in their request, they're asking for an independent master, a special master independent party uh, to look at the documents uh, because they don't feel that it is an independent party on the DOJ FBI side. Um, don't you think they should be using this kind of information to show, hey, look, you know, you've got the same folks with the Russia collusion hoax. Now we've got uh, this great reporting by you, John Solomon. I mean, if I were the Trump team, I would say this shows a pattern here. 
Yeah, listen, there's no doubt that this will be absorbed by not only the Trump lawyers, but members of Congress. Jim Jordan reacted to this tonight saying, you know, this is very troubling. This is not only bad for future and past presidents, uh, it's bad for the perception that the guy in office felt comfortable uh, uh, using a criminal investigation to go after his rival. He could have just left the Justice Department and FBI to go its own way, right? That's all they had to do. They could have gone to court. They could have fought it out. The president could have gone to court, contested the grand jury subpoena. Uh, Joe Biden gives the, his Justice Department a low bar, easy entry into getting Donald Trump or going after Donald Trump. That's going to trouble members of Congress, the defense team. I think we're at the beginning of a very long process of of discovery now of what really went on. And, um, John, before I let you go, a lot of my callers always ask, um, is it true that a president can just automatically sort of declassify things? I want to have you repeat what you said, because I know you've talked to many constitutional scholars that indeed that is the case. It's, it, it, there's a great latitude to the president. It says so in the executive orders that President Obama and President Bush signed back in 03 and 09, respectively. Uh, but it, it's an unresolved question, right? At some point, the courts are going to have to take a look and say what, what Donald Trump says. Donald Trump says, I had a standing order that when I took documents from the Oval Office to the White House, they were declassified if they were in a classified state. Will he be able to show how that worked? Will he be able to convince the court that that was a a lawful exercise of his very broad discretion to do what he needed to do to declassify documents? We don't know yet, but we certainly know what the president's story now is for the first time, what his claim is. And I think as this winds its way through the courts, we're going to find out. Uh, exactly how the courts rule. And I suspect this is one of these cases that may very well end up in the Supreme Court. Yeah, I would not be surprised at all. John Solomon, great reporting. Check out his story. Again, it's on justthenews.com, this big blockbuster here tonight. Thanks so much, John. Always great to have you on, John. Thanks so much. And let's continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222-1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Clem in Virginia. Clem, go ahead. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Hey, Clem, can you hear me? I can't hear you, Clem. We're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we're going to take your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's actually go to Jacqueline on line two, if we could, real quick. Jacqueline, go ahead. Hi, Rita. Um, you know, this is really something. You had uh, mentioned this before, that they keep changing their story. They keep jumping around. First, they said they wouldn't disclose anything about the warrant until President Trump himself was okay with the details being released. Then when he called their bluff on that, because he has nothing to hide and he knows they have nothing on him, they changed their tune and said they can't disclose any details because it could jeopardize the quote-unquote investigation and cause quote-unquote witnesses to stop cooperating, they know they have nothing. And now that the judge has given them one week to redact the details, they will probably continue to play their slick games and will only disclose a redacted warrant showing only punctuation. You know... By the way, way, I agree with you that I don't think they're going to give us much. I think it's going to be so slim... And who knows, it may be a lot of back and forth, you know, and and even though the judge has said the judge said last week, this judge, I'm inclined to not keep, you know, the whole warrant sealed, uh, the whole affidavit rather sealed. Um, I'm inclined to release some of it. Um, That's very subjective. Who knows what it is and who knows if it's going to be back and forth. He might be happy with what they present. They may say this is all we can do. 
Um, here's as far as we've gone. Let's release this. Um, so let's see. I mean, it'll be an interesting thing on Thursday. They have Thursday at noon Eastern time. Uh, so what do you think? Do you think we're just going to get a whole bunch of like blacked out lines, you know, with just a few words shown? Or do you think they might surprise us? Or do you think the judge might just say, Jacqueline, you know, he might just say, you know, uh, I changed my mind and don't think it needs to go out now. I think it's too risky or too. Uh, what are you predicting for Thursday, Jacqueline? I think we're going to get nothing more than punctuation. As a, And also, as John Solomon said, he mentioned uh, John Jordan. I heard John Jordan on Newsmax with Dick Morris the other day, and he mentioned that there's an informal DOJ policy to avoid the appearance of interfering with an election of not the DOJ not making any dramatic investigations or seeking to hand out any indictments within 90 days of an election. And the raid coincidentally was done on the 90th day. Right, right. And in fact, it was done, I think, like the one day before that window closed. You know, but That's so right. then the question is, do they do anything between now and November 8th? Or do they just kind of use this time to investigate? And then what, November 9th, they try to indict President Trump? Well, you know, it's funny that you brought up November 8th. Uh, because of the victory in the primaries that the candidates that President Trump has endorsed, they saw the writing on the wall that's threatening them in the upcoming midterm elections. So in a desperate attempt to do whatever they could to retain control in both the Senate and the House, they panicked and they pulled an 11th hour move. So they set up a last minute judicial attempt to stop the winning streak of President Trump's endorsed Senate and congressional candidates. They're willing, Rita, to go to any and all extremes and measures to stop him from attaining what they've orchestrated, which is total control of the Senate, House, and Executive. But you know what's interesting, Jacqueline? It has backfired in some ways, too, because if you look, it's really galvanized people around President Trump in terms of, at least for him, for his sake, and people that have talked to him recently say that, He's planning on running more than ever. Like this has emboldened him, you know, that he's and and if you look at he is pulling in tons of money, tons of uh, fundraising money because people are rallying behind him. And even people that were kind of critical of him, uh, not everybody, because Liz Cheney's still throwing barbs. But other than Liz Cheney, uh, for the most part, most other most other at least uh, Republicans are rallying around the president saying they think it's completely unfair. So it's actually backfired, don't you think? (laughs) You are absolutely correct, Rita, 1 million percent. They know the midterms are the precursor to the 2024 presidential election. And to avoid the appearance of impropriety, they had to pull this stunt before the 90th day, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, no, I agree. It's really, the timing is just so transparent. I agree with you. Great point, Jacqueline. Thanks so much. And we're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. This is the Rita Cosby Show.
listening to the Rita Cosby Show. In the next hour, we're also going to talk about the fact that illegal migrants coming to New York seem to be able to get everything for free. Sound familiar? Uh, Food, health care, education. And get this, harken the Obama days, a free phone. And Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, defending the move because they got it at a health fair in the Bronx. Uh, But what does that say about American citizens? What about our homeless veterans? Don't you think maybe they should be getting some of these perks as opposed to illegal immigrants? And when I see these buses also where they're like shaking them, hey, come on to New York City. Come on. You'll get it, whatever you want for free. Um, I just think about all the other people in New York and other cities across the country where really they could use some help, maybe before an illegal immigrant who crosses the border. Uh, But we're going to talk about that. And also the good Dr. Fauci says he is finally leaving his post. He puts the end of it at December. Isn't that interesting? Because if the Republicans take over the House, they will definitely want to investigate Fauci. And they would come in in January as a leading party if, again, they win in the midterms. And they've already vowed that going after Fauci and getting some answers on what happened with the Wuhan lab. And uh, there's a lot of questions. Wouldn't you love to be one of those people grilling Dr. Fauci? I sure would. Um, But he is planning to leave, what a coincidence, in December before they could actually call him maybe in January. Isn't that interesting timing? So we're going to talk about Fauci And his role in all of this and so many unanswered questions and what question you would ask Fauci. And what do you make of his timing of his departure? To me, right away, I saw a whole bunch of red flags there. Plus, also Liz Cheney going after the Republican Party, calling the whole party sick because they don't agree with her crazy, twisted mindset. So we're going to get into that later on in the show. But first, we're talking about President Trump who has decided to now ask for an independent party, quote, a special master to look at the papers that were seized in the raid. And this is what former Attorney General Matt Whitaker said of this decision by the Trump team. He said it's a good one. Yeah, this is a smart legal. What happened is it's very clear that this warrant was overbroad and may have even been illegal. Uh, And what we need, uh, what the president wants is someone that before the government gets to go through everything that was grabbed, is to have someone go through it and see what is actually responsive to the purpose of the investigation and the purpose of the warrant, and not just everything that was uh, with this material and adjacent to this material. So I think this is an important key step to appoint a special master under this motion. I'm not sure if he was in a hallway or a bathtub or where, but he was somewhere. But we got him and we got his echo. That was Matt Whitaker, the former attorney general. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota, line three. Dom, your thoughts about this, my friend. Yeah, Rita, you know, I'll bet you Obama and Hillary are behind planning this raid and waiving the executive privilege for Trump. I say this because Biden neither has the presence of mind or the energy to have planned this raid. Like you mean he's not you mean he's not smart enough or coherent uh, enough that he needed sort of a, 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 a puppet master behind the scenes to pull the strings. Exactly. Given that he shakes hands with invisible people. Remember the picture when Obama visited the White House in April 2022 and addressed Biden as the Vice President Biden? Yes, I do. Literally, he grew the President of the United States, looking pathetic and wandering aimlessly, coming and you know, craving for attention. 
I do. And, and, and by the way, you're right. And, and to your point also, Dom, Susan Rice is very close to Biden. She's extremely close to Obama. And yep. President Obama never left Washington, D.C. So it, yep. I, I agree with you. It makes me wonder, like, what is he doing behind the scenes? I'm sure uh, there were at least some discussions on this. Uh, I 1,000 percent agree with you. And the last point I want to make is I just want to buy Stan a gourmet dinner and educate him on how dirty politics really works for Democrats and not so much for Republicans. But just I just want to answer his call after I called yesterday and I said, oh, that guy doesn't know anything. Good <laughs> so, for you, Dom. And you heard I defended you, Dom, because I love you. you. I appreciate that. I really appreciate that because I think that's why I like listening to you because you, you get all perspective in spite of the fact of people like Stan. I, I don't, you know, I don't fault you for what he, his line of thought is, but. You know, you, you need to kind of respect everybody's thought process. Is what I is where I'm coming from. Well, and that's the thing. It's so funny because you know you'll hear from a Stan or a Teddy, and they just don't understand how anyone else, you know, how they, you know, he goes. They go after the other callers. So you know, I say to both of them that they can't have it both ways. But I also appreciate their opinions very much because that's America, and that's how we learn, and that's how we figure out what's going on. And and there's a lot of sides to this story. And I welcome everybody, whether I agree with them or not. Uh, But I love you, Dom, and it's great to get your call. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break, talking about Liz Cheney calling the Republican Party and Trump very sick. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. If you thought that Liz Cheney was going to take the whooping that she got in Wyoming, where she lost, her opponent got 66% of the vote, and she got under 30%. It was the biggest downfall for an incumbent, I think, in the 21st in this century. I mean, it is stunning. And yet, she is still continuing to blame everything on President Trump. Trump, 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 Trump. Take a listen to what Liz Cheney had to say over the weekend, uh, because she said her job is far from over. I think we have to make sure that he is not our nominee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do believe that there's, there are millions of Republicans out there, independents and Democrats as well. And I think that, you know, I believe in Republican policies. I believe if you think about where the country needs to go, what's best for our nation. I believe in a strong national defense. Certainly today, more than ever, uh, we need that to confront the threats we face. I believe in low taxes. I believe in limited government. Uh, I believe the family should be the center of our lives and our communities. Those are traditional Republican values, and I believe that's what we need going into the future. We have no chance at winning elections if we are in a position where Our party has uh, abandoned principle and abandoned value and abandoned fundamental fidelity to the Constitution in order to embrace a cult of personality. And she says the cult of personality is President Trump, that there's no doubt in her mind that the Republican Party should not exist with President Trump. 
that he should absolutely not be the nominee. But if you look at a lot of the numbers, he has actually been galvanized tremendously since the raid and since a lot of the things that we just talked about in the last hour. Um, By the way, some new developments also coming in just recently where we actually saw that the New York Times is now asking for additional surveillance footage from Mar-a-Lago in that case. There are also reports that the Department of Justice has just now issued a new subpoena to the National Archives for more January 6th documents. So it shows that this fishing expedition, i.e. raid, really was tied a lot to January 6th. So who knows if Liz Cheney is pulling the strings behind that, too, because, of course, she is one of the people who is one of the sort of co-overseers, co-chairmen, if you will, of that January 6th committee. And she can't stand Trump, but she also can't stand the rest of the GOP. Take a listen. She basically called everybody in the Republican Party that likes President Trump and all his, his, his supporters sick. Listen to this. What does your defeat say about Trump's Republican Party? Well, it says, uh, I think, that clearly his hold is very strong uh, among some portions of the Republican Party. You know, my state of Wyoming uh, is not uh, necessarily a representative sort of, you know, sample it's of the, the party. It's the most Republican, most right. pro-Trump state in the union. Right, exactly. And I think it says a couple of things. I think, one, it says that, that people continue to believe the lie. They continue to believe what he's saying, which is very dangerous. Um, I think it also tells you uh, that large portions of our party, including the leadership of our party, is, is uh, very sick. Wow. The whole party's very sick. And she's got the cure. Can you imagine? Things are so bad, by the way, with Liz Cheney. That Mitt Romney over the weekend, who's not necessarily a Trump fan, as we know, Mitt Romney came out and said that he doesn't see Liz Cheney as the future of the GOP. He said he does not see any way that she would actually get the nomination in the GOP party. So where is she going and what do you make of her continuing to throw barbs at President Trump? And again, this comes as we're learning that it looks more and more like some of the things that were tied to this raid, even though they didn't say it was January 6th, that they seem to be overlapping a lot of January 6th stuff with it. No question. Again, a report tonight um, that the Department of Justice has issued a subpoena to the National Archives for more January 6th documents. So trying to see if they can tie him to something with January 6th based on maybe some of the material that Trump had at his place, which, again, Liz Cheney oversaw. Let's go to Jay in New Jersey, line four. Jay, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. I think that the Republicans need to get their attorneys together and get an injunction against Liz Cheney using that campaign donated contributions for something that no contributor could reasonably think she was going to do. She's completely breaching a contract when she tries to actually attack Republicans like Ted Cruz with money that is donated from people who would never think she would do something like that with their money. That's a great point, because they can make the argument that we thought you were representing Republican interests. We thought you were representing Wyoming interests, too. I mean, they can make the case that, gosh, you know, we donated money and she's going after other Republicans and she's not even talking about Wyoming. I mean, even since the loss, it's like she's on this like, you know, uh, like definitely vendetta against Trump. And it's like she can't see anything other than Trump, 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 Trump. And it's almost like, oh, yeah, I lost in Wyoming, but I'm still going to go after Trump. 
um, which was what Harriet Hageman, who ran against her, Jay, said. You know, he said, she said, listen, the people of Wyoming want her to represent Wyoming interests. That's what her job is. And she's not doing it. Um, so you bring up a superb point. Uh, do you uh, do you think anybody would do that? That would be really interesting. They should, but we don't have lawyers like the left has. If someone took donations for something that was a left's cause and turned around and turned it into a right cause, they'd be suing in 30 seconds. That's number one. Now, two, here's the reason that Cheney's running, I believe. She's just running for president because she thinks she's going to do a slight parole and throw things out of order the way Clinton beat Bush won, or she thinks she's going to be like Nader, who basically may have hurt Al Gore in the 2000 election. So she figures in a close election, she's going to siphon off enough to defeat Trump. Yeah, and it gives her a platform to speak her mind. It gives her a platform to be on CNN and MSNBC 24-7, who are happy to have her as much as possible. Um, and it gives her just a uh, platform that she wouldn't have. What else is she going to do? Now she's an ex-congresswoman or soon to be soon, you know. Right. So it doesn't. So, you're right. It gets, she doesn't have almost anything to lose. And she clearly this is like her mission for life. You know, even though I agree with you, it's not like she's going to be able. I don't think she see. I think, Jay, I don't think she would have in terms of the I do think she could siphon off some votes and it gives her an opportunity to have a platform to trash Trump. I don't think she would even do as well as Perot did, because Perot did very well, remember? And and Nader did, too. Both of them actually put enough of a dent, um, and Perot especially. Right. I agree. I think that would be more like Nader, but the elections are so close that she gives cover to even something that may be nefarious. In other words, that will be the excuse why, well, maybe Trump did lose even with a bad economy. Liz Cheney took some important votes. Here and there, probably. Ah, that's a good point. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Every every vote could have an impact or it could be used as, oh, you know, or the Democrats were funding her to, to do this against me. Uh, you mm-hmm. can see that that's really interesting. Jay, terrific yeah. call. Yeah. Thank, you Thank you very much. Let's go to Jimmy in Brooklyn. Line five. Jimmy. You know, the drug cartels, the terrorists, they all want Trump out of office. So Liz Cheney is in bed with them. Liz Cheney is guilty of candidate suppression. That's worse than voter suppression because we're not even going to have a candidate to vote for if she if she gets her way. They should not deny us a candidate. If they don't want uh, Trump to be president, don't vote for him. Don't take them off the ballot. This is not fair to the rest of us. Yeah, and see, She's I don't in think bed with America's enemies. I don't think. First of all, she can't take him off the ballot. Um, trying but, to. Yeah. Oh, believe me, she's trying to. And actually, I should say, she absolutely is trying to, based on the January six efforts and the trashing. She's certainly trying to minimize him and to you know muddy him as much as possible. Um, Do you think she even has a chance at presidency? I don't, Jimmy. I just think this is, even if it's a third-party run that she does, an independent run or something like that, um, but even if she does, it would be a dent. But I think it gives her a platform to keep blasting Trump and doing as much damage as she can. The Democrats would never vote for her, and most Republicans wouldn't vote for her. She's, She's like a ditz. But she's dangerous. You know, Rita, the That's called a dangerous that ditz. That's a, that's a dangerous ditz. Dizzy Lizzie. Dizzy <laughs> Lizzie Cheney. That's true. Yeah but, yeah, but you're right. It is a dangerous. And she is on such a mission to go after him. And now with the January 6th committee, 
Um, I mean, to me, I think she was harsher on Trump than even most of the Democrats on that committee. She's harsher on Trump than on terrorists. She's in bed with America's enemies, whether she realizes it or not. You know, uh, Rita, I wish you would interview Diana West. She investigated the Russian collusion hoax, and she documents in her book, The Red Thread, all the people involved in that Russian collusion hoax, all of them have communist connections. Some of them have gone back generations. You and Diana West, you would love her. She's a she's an intelligent woman like you, and she investigated the background of all the people involved in the Russian collusion hoax. And by the way, as you know, Jim, as you know, um, now most of them are on uh, the FBI, same group that's now investigating Trump with the raid. So to me, that's a scary and I know exactly what you mean with Diana West. I will have to get her on at some point. Um, I know who she is um, and I'm a bit familiar with her work. She does great stuff. Um, So that is a terrific, terrific suggestion. Jim, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Phil. Line three. Phil, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. How are you? I'm good. What do you think about all this with Liz Cheney blasting the party? Oh, my gosh. I tell you what. I tell you what. Here's my real. This is my gut. My gut says this is all smoke and mirrors. All they're trying to do, they are winning because we are not trusting anything. We can't trust anybody. We can't trust our government. We can't trust uh, other forms of government. We can't trust our leaders. That's all that this is. It, she's just going to suck. She's trying to suck votes away from Trump. And that's all that's the mission. That's all that has to do. Oops, I, and I'm losing, so I'm losing you, Phil, but I totally hear what you're saying, that this is just sort of smoke and mirrors uh, just to try to do whatever she can. And I agree with you on that. Uh, let's go to Mike on the Lower East Side, line six. Go ahead, Mike. I uh, don't, Rita. Yeah, she was the one that threw the towel in on Trump, first of all. But uh, what they're trying to do, what the left is trying to do, they're trying to neutralize what they did when they sold uranium what, to the Russians. That was Obama. That was Joe Biden and Hillary. So Liz Cheney is probably a, a stone-cold Democrat. She's the one that fought, threw the towel and told her father to throw the towel and, and gave up on Trump, all right, when Trump won. But uh, 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 she's like uh, – she's trying to pave the way maybe for Hillary. She's not running for president, but she, I think she's paving a way for Hillary. So in other words, to, to, to turn the tra- tables on the nuclear thing when it was they that sold uranium nu- to make nuclear bombs to Russia, and then maybe Russia gave it to the Iranians, okay? And they gave the Iranians all kinds of nuclear secrets. So they're trying to turn the tables and, and make pave the way for them to say, okay, it was Trump that did the nuclear thing. We don't have nothing to do with it. It was them. They're trying to turn the tables. They're playing stupid. They're playing smart. And, you know, Trump just just got to put his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, you know, they're going to fall into their own trap. Evil people fall into their own trap when they set, set traps for decent people like Trump. Well, and listen, right now he's doing great, uh, Mike, in the polls, too. I mean, if in the latest numbers, you know, the the distant second is uh, DeSantis, and it's a distant second in all the big national polls uh, that you – would you uh, – is your mission to vote for Trump next go-around, Mike? Oh, for, for sure, you know, and, and, and 
I hope to God that, that God is going to support him and, and is just going to support your God. Jesus Christ is God, was God. He's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the whole, the, the Holy Trinity. Okay, he is God. He was God before he became uh, came to this earth. He's in control of the whole thing. God is control in control of everything. All he's got to do. By the way, by the way, I, I, I think Mike B- uh, Biden thinks he's in control of the whole thing. <laughs> but no, but I, I hear you, Mike. I, I agree. And listen, I think that uh, good things happen to good people, and truth always comes out. Um, but boy, it has just been such a nasty, uh, nasty smear by her on so many accounts. Mike, thank you so much. Let's go to Dave in Pennsylvania. Dave, your thoughts. Oh, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I think Liz Cheney is just running for Liz Cheney. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think she sees this as an opportunity, Dave, don't you, just to get her name out there. Yeah, that, and I think she's also looking at, uh, you know, future contributorship uh, position with CNN or ABC, and they, then they can have a Republican, someone there with an R under, under her name, to look like they have, a you know, a balanced uh, newscast. So, I mean... And, and they're more than happy to give her a platform, as you can see. Yeah, 1,000%. Dave, thanks so much. And everybody, when we come back, we're going to talk about Dr. Fauci, who now still is always flipping and flopping, but now he has announced he is leaving his post in December, right before potentially Republicans could be questioning him big time in Congress. Coincidence? I don't think so. Here's a little bit of Fauci flipping and flopping. Take a listen. Here is cut uh, 16. People should not be walking around with masks. Let me just that masks are not theater. Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better. And masks are protective. And we, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. There has not been any indication that putting a mask on and wearing a mask for a considerable period of time has any deleterious effects. There are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying inside there? Of course. You do not need to wear a mask indoors if, in fact, you've been vaccinated. Good that you're vaccinated, but in a situation where you have people indoors, particularly crowded, you should wear a mask. So even if you are vaccinated, you should wear a mask. If, in fact, you are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, you are protected, and you do not need to wear a mask outdoors or indoors. Wow. My head's like Sybil, like spinning, spinning, spinning. I can't keep track of all the different things that he has said. So what do you make of the fact that Fauci is now leaving before the Republican Congress? If it does turn hands, we don't know if it's going to in November, but if it does, they said basically one of their first missions, in addition to Alejandro Mayorkas at the border, uh, would be to call Fauci up for tons of questions about the Wuhan lab and everything else. What would you ask Fauci, and what do you make of the timing that he's trying to get out of office in December and he could be on the hot seat again, potentially in January? I don't believe in coincidences. 1-800-848-9222. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about the good Dr. Fauci, who is saying that he is going to leave 
in December. And this comes, as we know, Republican members of Congress say they want to grill him on everything from why did he take such a soft pass on China? Why is he not gone after the Wuhan lab? Why has he not said that there was gain-of-function research done at the Wuhan lab when he knew that there was gain-of-function research? I mean, it's like this, like, you know, parsing of words every time with Dr. Fauci. And, in fact, I want to play. This is cut 24. This is James Comer, a congressman, who said he's got a whole bunch of questions if Fauci continues in his position. And even if he's out of government, he's still going to be grilled. Well, this is another uh, result of Democrat leadership in Washington. The fact that Dr. Fauci is still there, it's unacceptable. Not only did he lie about taxpayer dollars going to the Wuhan lab, he lied about the fact that they were conducting gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab, which is essentially mad science. You know, there's no doubt to most sane scientists in the world that COVID-19 originated in the Wuhan lab. Yet our federal government uh, led Fauci and the NIH, National Institute for Health, they continue to deny that there was any possibility that COVID-19 originated in that Wuhan lab. And Fauci has still not come clean, I think, on all the details. Why did he not say it? I mean, when you know that there's some sort of research tied to the Wuhan lab, you would have made it sound like he didn't know a thing about Wuhan lab. You know, and it was like, uh, what about these documents, Dr. Fauci? Oh, Yeah. I mean, come on. How could you let this pass? And how could the Democrats let it pass where they haven't even insisted on getting an answer about the origins of COVID-19? And then we've got the president of the United States who doesn't, when he's on the phone with President Xi, doesn't even ask him about COVID-19. I mean, are you kidding me? That's unbelievable. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norman. Line three, Norman, your thoughts. Oh, Rita, you know I always like pulling about my friend Fauci. Um, I, I was thinking here, if I had Mr. Fauci in front of me, I would explain to Fauci what the lockdown did to his hometown, Brooklyn, Bath Beach neighborhood, with the businesses reeling and all the bored, unemployed young people committing crimes. I'd ask him, was his gain-of-function test worth it to bring on this horrible time? Um, I like him to talk to fired employee friends of mine fired for a lie for a COVID vaccine that does not stop transmission. One that I took myself and got a neurological condition because of it. But I guess the Fauci, it would all, it's all worth it to hang out and all those swell dem cocktail parties and getting more facelifts and plastic surgery with Moderna money. Wow. Wow. But you, but you know, Norm, you bring up some powerful points. There are so many repercussions from his decisions and he can't keep his story straight Uh, we're going to continue everybody with your calls norm love your calls we're going to continue after the break rita cosby is on the rita cosby show presents support our heroes And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a powerful story coming from Killeen, Texas, where Iraq War veteran Lisa Elliott, who was critically wounded by a massive IED blast during combat in 2007, fought back tears yesterday after being awarded a quilt of valor in honor of her service and sacrifice in serving our nation. During a ceremony at the Fort 
Hood shooting memorial. Local quilts of valor uh, presented large handmade red, white, and blue quilts filled with stars and a large bald eagle over an American flag. How beautiful. Uh, The organizer of the event said, sometimes it's visible things we can see, sometimes we can't. And the organizer of the local Quilts of Valor chapter said she is, quote, a military spouse and a mom. She said, my husband served 27 years. Our son is going on seven years. And as I tell the veterans, thank you for all that they have done. How beautiful to have veterans recognized with such a beautiful gift that they will be able to cherish, put on their beds, put on their sofa, and always remember that the American public is greatly appreciative of their service. Well, I want to let you know, by the way, uh, that I am proudly supporting the Tunnel to Towers 5K Walk Run New York City again this year, which is taking place on Sunday, September 25th. And everybody out there, I need your help because, by the way, Tunnels to Towers, I have known them and Frank Siller, who's the organizer for decades. They are such an incredible organization and do so much to help our heroes. So help us remember those lost on 9-11 as we retrace FDNY firefighter Stephen Siller's final footsteps, and we're going to do it together. It's simple to support my team this year in the Tunnels to Towers 5K Walk Run. Here is what you do. Go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com. Again, that's walk.ritacosbyonline.com. And donate to my team. I am trying to raise the most money here on the Red Apple Audio Network. And again, all the money goes to Tunnels to Towers. Thank you for your support as together we support America's heroes with one of the largest 5K walk runs in New York City. It's an amazing sight to behold, to see these warriors and to know that all the funds are giving back and helping them and their families. So again, go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com and I encourage you to donate today to this amazing organization that does so much. Check it out and find out how you can be a part of this amazing event. I'm so proud to be a part of it myself. We are talking about Dr. Fauci, who finally, finally is saying, we never thought we'd see this day. He's like, oh, no, 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 I am definitely leaving in December. He put out the official statement and ended. He's like, oh, but I'm gone, but I'm not over with. I was like, oh, no, he's still going to continue in some form. I don't know. Maybe he's going to be in a movie with Brad Pitt. Remember Brad Pitt played him on Saturday Night Live? Remember that whole deal? Well, who could also forget when you think of Dr. Fauci? I don't just think of Saturday Night Live. I think of, oh, my gosh, those contentious hearings that took place, the back and forth with him and Senator Rand Paul. Who could forget this? Dr. Fauci. The idea that a government official like yourself would claim unilaterally unilaterally to represent science, that any criticism of you would be considered a criticism of science itself, is quite dangerous. Do you really think it's appropriate to use your $420,000 salary to attack scientists that disagree with you? 17 signed a paper that called it conspiracy theory, the idea that the virus could have originated in the lab. Do you think words like conspiracy theory should be in a scientific paper. You're distorting virtually everything. Did you communicate with the five scientists who wrote the opinion piece in Nature where they were describing, oh, this, there's no way this could that have come from, from the lab? That was not me. 
safety. Do you think anybody has had more influence let, over let our me response finish. to this than you have? Do you Madam think it's a great Chair, success? I... Do you think it's a great success what's happened what? so far? Do you think you, the lockdowns said... are good for our kids? Do you think we slowed down the death rate? More people have died now under President Biden than did under President Trump. Wow. And that was just the beginning. And so now with this new word of the announcement that Dr. Fauci is leaving, Rand Paul's like, you know what? He may be leaving government, but he's not leaving being grilled by Congress. Take a listen to what Rand Paul said today just a few hours ago when he heard that the good doctor is leaving. If the Republicans take over the Senate, I'll be chairman of a committee, and I absolutely pledge to the American people I will use the subpoena power to get every one of those emails unredacted. I will also have them come in and interviewed under oath by an investigator. We are going to get to the bottom of this. Why? Six million people died around the world, and they've covered up whether this came from a lab. They completely dismissed it, and they kind of admitted in their emails why they dismissed it. They said it would be damaging to the reputation of the NIH, damaging to the reputation of Fauci and Collins, and damaging in the reputation to the Chinese researchers. So they covered it up because they did not want the truth to be told, but we will find the truth. Damaging? To the Chinese researchers, like, that should be our priority, protecting China. Uh, To me, it is outrageous. And just think about how the Democrats have given, really, a pass to looking into the origins of the coronavirus. And with all the flipping and flopping, and as Norman just so eloquently talked about the damage that happened to his community, which is, by the way, Brooklyn, where Fauci is from, uh, think about all the businesses that are still closed around the country, So many people lost their jobs. Uh, People, you know, got misinformation. One hand, wear a mask. One hand, don't wear a mask. One hand, you know, get the vaccine. Don't get this vaccine. Schools should be closed. Schools shouldn't be closed. And we know that just last week that the CDC finally came out and said, yeah, maybe we haven't been so great on the information front of it all, you think? Uh, Here is what conservative commentator Mike Knowles has to say about Dr. Fauci and his legacy. Dr. Fauci has been in office for 40 years now. He's outlasted, what, seven U.S. presidents? I think he's on number seven right now with Joe Biden. He's the highest paid federal employee, even though his record is one of absolute failure, deception, intentional lies, incompetence, screw-ups, going all the way back to AIDS, all the way up through the 90s. There's a long list there. What are your thoughts, everybody? What would you ask Dr. Fauci? And do you find it any coincidence that it looks like he's trying to leave right before potentially Republicans could be taking control of Congress? Who can say, well, I'm not really in government anymore. I don't really have privy to that. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan on line one in Forest Hills. Go ahead, Stan. I wouldn't hold my breath to worry about what Rand Paul thinks. He's, he, he doesn't matter because the Democrats will maintain the Senate. You, so wait, 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 wait. Hang on, though. Well, no, wait, wait, wait. wait no, hang minute. on. Hang on one second because Rand Paul is a doctor. You know that, too. It's like he's, you know, it's not like he's just a member of the Senate. He's also a doctor. Well, I, let me tell you something, okay? First of all. Wait, you didn't answer my question. You know he's a doctor, right, what? Stan? Oh, he's a doctor. Okay. So what? A doctor of what? What is he a doctor of? Uh, he is diseases. No, no infectious diseases. Yes. Well, he knows it better than you and I do, Stan. I believe he's a, I believe he's an eye doctor, but go ahead. Yeah. Well, is he, are are you, are you, (laughs) (laughs) 
and he hope then he has cataract. He's a proctologist. He How's that? Pain. He's a he's proctologist, Dan. What do you well, think? First of all, <laughs> my suggestion to Norman is you can never fit Dr. Fauci's shoes. He saved millions of lives. What lives have you saved? He has done more for vaccine therapies and vaccines in this country than anybody. What have you done, Norman? You, you've done nothing. This man has been around over 40 years. There's never been a controversial thing about him, no, no uh, scandal of any kind. His involvement has always been the health of the American people. What the hell have you done, pal? Nothing. Oh, but so, wait, hang on. I'm no, get, no, wait, no, no Stan. Stan, no, hang sense. on. Hey, Stan, hang on one second, because I got to defend Norman, because this is not a mudslinging at Norman. Norman had issues, as he said, even with, you know, with a lot of the things that happened. He lived in Brooklyn, uh, saw the area devastated, and a lot of his friends, I remember, uh, couldn't go back to work because they didn't want to get the vaccine. And now we're finding out, you know, a lot of there's a lot of questions about these vaccines, Stan. It wasn't so you know, cut and dry as Fauci wanted us all to believe. And they even admitted that themselves. I mean, this is not just, you know, Norman talking. These are Fauci's in his own words. And now CDC saying, well, we're learning more information. We're learning this. They should have kind of said that, Stan. Don't you think it's not like, you you know, you're making it sound like Fauci walked on water, Stan. No, no. Look, look, uh, this is a plain man who's been around for knows infectious diseases more than you, more than me, and so forth. He has saved millions of lives, and he sent millions of people with HIV as well. Who are you talking we about, Rand Paul? Thanks. Are you talking we about Rand Paul? Thanks. Now, here's the point. Wait, wait, wait. Are you talking about Rand Paul or Fauci? What do you got in your mind? <laughs> uh, Fauci. Rand Paul hasn't saved anybody but his own political rear end. Please, he doesn't care. Look, uh, Dr. Fauci, here's the thing, and I'm going to admit this, and this is something. He's leaving, I think, because I think he also was having problem with Dr. Walensky. I think now that she is making changes, I think in a way he was eased out. I think they did not get along, and they want one voice, and I think she wants to be that voice. And I so think a power was, struggle is that what you well, think? No, sort no, of. I, look, kinda? she was always the head, but I think she uh, resented to some extent that he was the voice and so forth. He did not, and I think. I think because the changes she is making, and I'll admit she's making changes to make things better, and I think she will be she will be the voice of the CDC now. Yeah. And by so, the way, Stan, I agree with you on that. I definitely agree with you on that. I think that 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 is a correct point and a correct assessment. Uh, I don't agree with your assessment of Norm because I love Norm too. Uh, Stan, thank you though very very much, my friend. Um, let's go to John in uh, line five. Let's go to John. What do you think? Uh, the fact that Fauci's going. Good news? Oh, yes. Very good news, Rita. Why do you think so? Well, I'm a survivor of COVID. I had COVID in 2020. I'm a diabetic. I have hypertension. And at the time I caught COVID, I was 68. So Fauci has been all wet. Not only that, I Rand Paul is my hero. So for Stan, Stan can go jump in the lake. Rand Paul... Um, it's true what he says, because I was laying in a, re- in a bed in rehabilitation and my brother calls me and says, you know, Fauci funded this. Two days later, I get a call from a cousin. Fauci funded this. He funded the lab. So for, I'm, I've been so adamant about getting him out, out of office. He should have been fired a long time ago. Oh, absolutely. And by the way, by the way, thank that, goodness. Uh, he's. I'm with you, John. I'm with you. And the fact that Rand Paul had the guts to grill Fauci, 
Uh, I mean, what is astounding to me, and I've had members of the Trump administration on the show where I've interviewed them and talked with them, and every single one of them has said, Trump, you know, Fauci never told us uh, that there was this grant that was tied to the Wuhan lab. Like, he made it sound like he didn't know anything about the Wuhan lab. To me, that is a dereliction. Are you kidding me? That there suddenly happens to be... Uh, even if you believe the the wet market theory, which I don't believe and most people don't believe now either, because um, suddenly, guess what? Right down the street is the Wuhan lab. I mean, literally right down the street is the Wuhan lab. And here you are, Dr. Fauci. You're aware that there's a grant tied to this Wuhan lab that has to do with gain of function and studying bat viruses. And you don't even bring it up once in any conversation with anybody at the Trump White House, and I'm talking about the president, his direct assistants, anybody. You're out there enjoying the limelight, doing all these other things, trashing the president, and you don't even say, hey, by the way, um, there may be some connection here because there's study of bat viruses and there was some uh, grant that went to blank. Are you? I mean, are you kidding me? To me, that is outrageous. And, you know, if President Trump had been elected, I think he would have fired Fauci on day one, and he would have deserved to do it. I absolutely agree with you. Thank you very much. Let's go to Dan, line one. Go ahead, Dan, your thoughts. Yeah, Rita, uh, Stan was talking about uh, Fauci's spotless record. Does he remember that uh, that heinous thing with the Beagles, that experiments he funded? Oh, yeah, that's that right. Put that's their heads in the uh, in the. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And and by the way, Dan, I kept thinking, too, when Stan was talking about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. did a book on Fauci. We had him on the show where he talked about that test on the Beagles, um, some of the things that happened during uh, AIDS uh, testing, because he was very much, you know, involved in some of the the research for AIDS and some of the things that he says that Fauci did at that time and very much questioned Fauci's ties to Big Pharma. So you bring up some great points. It's like Stan just, you know, can't see the forest for the trees. What do you think, Dan? Oh, agitated. Maybe they can call Dr. Fauci and get some ointment to put on their mon- monkey box. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's all you need after that one. He'll confuse us even more on that one. My goodness. Thank you very much. Let's go to Andy. Line five. Andy, your thoughts about all this? Hey, my I love you, but it sounded like you and Stan were signing off tonight for good. That we're what? Uh, that we're what? Signing off tonight or what? I'm, I missed you. What's that? He was signing him off, but I know you weren't. But I used to talk to him on the Larry Venti show. I would do Larry's show with him every week. And all of that yeah, what's your point? Good... What's your point, Andy? Uh, my point is you've been awful nice to Stan. Well, you know, what, I, you know what, Stan? You know what, Andy? I'm nice to everybody. I do not agree with... Well, I'd say 99.9999999. I agree with the part of today that I agreed with Stan was, one, he when he said hello, I agree that it was a nice thing. Hello back to Stan. And the other part that maybe Rochelle Walensky is trying to push out, uh, you know, uh, you know, Fauci in the middle of all this. That's about it. You know, I don't agree with anything else. Uh, but I let him have his say because I like to hear from everybody, whether I agree with them or not. But I think you can tell. Uh, what I think of Stan's comments, because I, I feel like we're in a shouting match almost every night when he calls. But I still welcome everybody's calls. Go ahead, Andy. Uh, people would call and comment to Larry Menti about me playing songs. How thank you. It's good. Yeah, what's your, your point, Andy? Andy, like, what's your point? 
Uh, my point is, I can't stand him. That's why I don't call in. Oh, I don't do don't let that get to you. You know what? You know what, Stan? I don't agree with Stan's opinions. Um, but you know what? I I appreciate you know I appreciate that he calls in, and it's America. It's good to hear from everybody. And Andy, you can't just because you don't like Stan doesn't mean you can't call in. That's a that's a silly reason, you know. But I think it's good to hear from everybody. Certainly, whether we agree with them or in Stan's case or not. Uh, let's go to John, uh, line four. John, your thoughts? Yeah, hi, Rita. I think that if we make Fauci a focal point of the midterm elections, then we're shooting ourselves in the foot. We're giving the Democrats exactly what they're looking for, a distraction from this horrible bill that they just passed, the Inflation Reduction Act, and all of the things that are in there, like the fact that it adds $20 billion to the middle class uh, tax burden, uh, and they added... 87,000 IRS agents pays their fair share, um, along with the fact that it won't do anything to change inflation, reduce inflation for at least two years. So Americans are still going to be paying a ton of money out of their pockets. So what's your what's your point? When this election, our focus has to be on people's wallets. People vote with their wallets. Thousand percent. Independence on our side. By the way, John, absolutely. I agree that economy and crime, by the way, is another issue, too. First and foremost, Um, I think all of that absolutely 1000 percent needs to come into play because that is so, so critical. And, you know, this week, uh, we're hearing that President Biden's going to be taking like a little victory lap. He's going to be like going around bragging about his Inflation Reduction uh, Act, which is really a climate bill, uh, which just to your point, doesn't really do much to uh, reduce the inflation. And then he's also talking about forgiving um, student loan debt. That's a whole other thing. And he's going to basically increase inflation with that. It's like it is such a zoo. Unfortunately, um, I mean, there's a lot of issues to go after. Sadly, I wish the country was doing better. So there weren't that many issues to go after. But you're correct. On the other hand, the fact that over, you know, you think about it, it's a million people in America and millions across the country uh, lost their lives. And for some reason, this administration is giving China a pass on it. That deserves answers. That's why it's important. It's not the only thing, but that's why it is important. But great points, John. We're going to continue with your calls on this. What do you think of Fauci? What do you think of Stan, who thinks that Rand Paul is a nut? But boy, Fauci walks on water. 1-800-848-9222. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about Dr. Fauci announcing he is going to be leaving his position in December. What do you make of the timing? Will Republicans say they plan to grill him? This is what Dr. Asha Shah, who is with the Stanford, Connecticut Health Department, uh, what Dr. Asha Shah said about Fauci's legacy. I think that his legacy will will live on forever. I think, in my opinion, um, he was great at what he did, and he would always be viewed in a positive light. He's made a really positive impact on this country. Sounds like Dasha Asha Shah has been hanging out with Stan. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Wilfred, line three. Wilfred, your thoughts? Oh, thank you. Hey, I called you before and told you about 
the virus that it wasn't that potent. It only killed the older people in certain conditions. And and now you're going to find out that it's killing a lot of young people with with uh, heart attacks and stuff. But Fauci did the same thing with this. He overblew it like he did with the HIV. No, nope. yep. You're no, you know what, Wilfred, you are absolutely right. Um, that there are still so many questions and the back door about the fact that there were these grants and the ties to pharma. I just think it needs to come out. We just need to know. And the fact that he's never gone after China, that to me is really troubling. Uh, let's go to Natalie, line six. Natalie, your thoughts. Hey, Natalie. Natalie, call us back. We're losing you. Let's go to Rick on line two, Rick. Go ahead, Rick. Hi. How you doing? Um, I think all government scientists probably need to be fired because I found out government science is whatever they want it to be. And I found that out studying the global warming scam. Everything they told us about that is pretty much the complete opposite of the truth. Yeah, well, that's the trouble. And and you know what? Listen, we're not scientists, Rick. I mean, you know what? I'm, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. So you rely on what they know and trust their judgment. And at a time where it's crisis, you got to follow them. So you're right. It's really, really concerning. Uh, Denise, real quick, line one. Denise, real quick. Go ahead. Okay. I think Fauci should be horsewhipped just for what he did to those sweet little beagle puppies. I I would like to you know dig a pit, toss him inside, pour honey on his head. Oh my God! Eat his head. Oh, Just like you did sweet little beagle puppies. By the way, you know what? It was horrible. The reports about the beagles and all that stuff. I don't wish that of Fauci, but I do wish he gets grilled on Capitol Hill with a lot of questions because there are so many. Everybody, tomorrow night we're going to have the latest on the primaries and a lot more. 